From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. You're with Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The financial institutions are getting their crypto on. And Dustin Stockton is launching his own token. And Adam Ruckus Clark is here with us to talk about crypto. And whatever else we want Maybe something happened in San Francisco Oh, 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 oh Cryptocurrency is all the rage The financial institutions are turning the page And Elmer Fudd is Dustin Stockton's new crypto coin Dustin Stockton is here, he's the co-founder and chairman of American Mission, a grassroots movement whose mission encompasses investigating and exposing all the individuals who are complicit in the attempts to destroy our freedom, how dare they. Also, we are joined by the wonderful, productive producer of this show, Adam Ruckus-Clark. Fellas, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Yo, yo! What's up? Yo! Good to see my fam, my subterranean fam, if you will. That's right. Right? We coming. We coming. A week from today, it's going to be a beautiful thing. We are. We are launching. Dustin and I are launching an NFT project called the Subterraneans. It's a music NFT. It's a digital glitch, generative, handmade NFT. It's awesome. Uh, it's a, it's the first time I've ever launched a project, and Dustin is helping me along with our good friend Michael Richardson. So it's 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 uh it's gonna be awesome, man. Um, but you Joseph, just launched a yeah. Real, real quick, what's your uh, handle on X? I'm trying to promote that we're doing this thing. And At you, Joseph you must be Arthur. Search- I th- I thought that was it, but you must be search planned. Really? So, yeah, if they, you put that. It wasn't autofilling. I had to type it all the way in. Damn. How do we find out if we're banned and shadow banned and all that? You told me you never see my tweets. I tweet all the time, but I imagine I w- if they do shadow ban people for speaking their mind, I am still guilty as charged. I do it all the time. Um, so it's not That's out of... That's impossible because uh, Elon Musk is uh, a free speech absolutist, bro. He said so. Aye, aye, aye. What are we going to do? Well, anyway, let's talk about cryptocurrency. Thanks for promoting it, Dustin. Please do. Um, you just launched um, a token, Elmer Fudd token. E- or Elmer, Elmer T. Token. Fudd. Elmer T. Fudd, right, for e- ETF. And explain for those people that don't understand what happened in cryptocurrency over the last week. E- ETFs were approved so that means financial institutions are now trading in Bitcoin and legitimizing cryptocurrency at long last. The government is going to do everything they can to implement total control over that. What, what's your take on what's going on? And Bitcoin surged for a while, but it's, it's gone down recently again. So what's going on in your view, I, Dustin? Okay, so the markets are mad, absolutely mad right now, but... Uh, this is a long anticipated thing the bitcoin etf approval right and essentially the bitcoin etf 
allows financial institutions to start uh, getting some of the action on Bitcoin. Uh, it's going to mean an influx of liquidity that we haven't seen. The first day, there was over $5 billion uh, traded. Like they did $5 bil billion with a B dollars in volume on the Bitcoin ETFs. Um, we've seen a lot of competition. In fact, Grayscale got absolutely hammered because their fees were higher than everybody else. So we saw a huge sale off with the Grayscale and they, they hold a crap ton of Bitcoin. Um, why the markets have gone down, I don't have a full explanation, but the general consensus amongst the smartest people I know in crypto is that we're about to go over all time highs. So right, right. They're, they're anticipating us blowing through 70,000. I've heard legitimately intelligent people in the space. My prediction is we'll see 150,000 Bitcoin this year. Um, I've heard as much as $800,000 per Bitcoin this year. So uh, the, the ultimate thing is uh, ev everybody's anticipating that the institutions could bring as much as 10 times the total liquidity uh, into the market. So what kind of expect now, of course, the government screwed. Oh, man, I got to mute that. That's yeah. Okay. So, the, of course, the government screwed it all up. Um, so uh, they got they got hacked. You mean uh, it, the, how it was approved the first time on Tuesday, but it wasn't because apparently their Twitter got hacked or that's the story. And they somebody hacked their Twitter X account, the SEC, and made a false statement saying, oh, the Bitcoin ETF is approved. And everybody went nuts. And it took them like 15 minutes, I think, before they took it down. Uh, and then just to like later on that night, basically, or the next day, Wednesday, they they approved it. So like, what was the difference anyway? But yeah, the first announcement was was courtesy of a hack, which is so in your face, ridiculous hip, hypocrisy. These are the jerks. These are the ones who regulate and tell other people what they need to do to keep themselves safe. There's a, oh, you can't be playing around with this digital chain block stuff. It's dangerous and criminals use it. You need to be safe. And then they were the victim of a hack because they're too stupid to to manage their two-factor authorization. That's just, I mean, who are these people to regulate this space? They're nobody. But um, I don't know if yeah. you got your thing fixed out there. Dustin. Yeah, I I think I did. I also just told everybody to stop texting me. So fingers crossed on that. Um, but no, Ruckus, you're exactly right. They're claiming that somehow that they were hacked. Give me an effing break. You're the Security and Exchange Commission. And 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 oh, we didn't have two-factor authentication. They tried to blame it on X. Um, it, it had a wild impact for leverage traders because we saw Bitcoin in the course of five minutes spike up $4,000 and then down $8,000 from that local high, which absolutely wiped everybody who had a long and short position, like mm. just absolute brutality. And there's no excuse for it. Right. And, so and you it was can't just market manipulation, basically. It's 100% market manipulation. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So, so, now it's scheduled to go up through the roof. By the way, none of this is financial advice. This is just guys talking about crypto. You know, this could go any which way. But And we've also heard stories about how crypto is going to go, go, go for, for many years. And it just the fact that it's moving sideways and down right now is pretty trippy. But tell us about the coin you just launched and, and 
what is the new phenomenon of meme coins? And what do you think this means for meme coins? That's what everybody on crypto Twitter is trading in all the time. You got oh, your yeah, pond, baby. you got your Pepe's, you got your your new token that you just launched. Like we just said, we're about to launch an NFT. What does this mean for the smaller players in the space? We know Bitcoin and ETH will probably you know go up in Solana, but are, are the meme coins going to follow suit? Well, so the, the pattern is usually, right, Bitcoin and Ethereum and the big guys go up. And when people take their profits, they dump them into altcoins and meme coins and NFTs. And so, right, more liquidity overall into the crypto markets, I think, plays extremely well for tokens. We launched a very, like, ridiculous meme coin, ETF, the Elmer T. Fudd coin. It is our collaborative troll of public officials. We've been having a ton of fun with it. Gave us a chance to experiment on launching tokens on Solana. And essentially, uh, we've created this Elmer T. Fudd character and account. And we all sit around and plot on sending him out, deploying him to talk smack against all our least favorite politicians. He's hit Kamala Harris. He's hit Joe Biden. He's hit uh speaker johnson and a bunch of others like ron ron desantis he's been our favorite target today so we're, we're having a good time with it but overall i think this is a perfect time to be experimenting right the legitimization plus the bitcoin having plus this etf approval which means more liquidity we have like three major factors that lend to the idea that we're about to do some rocket shipping right and so for us uh, I think it's a good opportunity to experiment, which is what we've continued to do, like with all of our our tokens. I haven't even I haven't told anybody this. You want you want the alpha? Should, should yeah, drop some alpha give us right give in? us the alpha. What's the alpha? By the way, I invested in your token, so I hope it's going up. I haven't checked. I'm not like obsessed, but I did I, I, invest. I, I, I think from where you got in, I think you're good. We're, I mean, listen, right. we haven't. We haven't <laughs> I'm not mad if I'm not. We, we we haven't sent it yet, but we will because uh, right. it, it plays into the alpha news, right? So uh, uh, I joined the best team you can join in cryptocurrency, in my opinion, because it's so much reliable. Just the reliability just oozes. You know, you just can't beat a used 2001 Honda Civic dollar sign used car. And... Uh, I'm actually going out, I'm buying a U 2001 used Honda Civic, and I'm going to drive around and make videos in it, like for this project. And uh, it's already sitting like 5 million market cap. We're going to run that baby up. But the good news is uh, it's connected me to all kinds of good people who've been helping me and providing me mentorship as I switch coins from Ethereum over to Solana. Uh, so a lot of guys who've been doing this a long time. Uh, really excited to be working with them. And I, I think I'm going to get Vivek Ramaswamy to do an interview in my 2001 used Honda Civic that I have to go buy in the next couple of days. So uh, it's literally dollar sign used cars. It's one of the most ridiculous memes I've ever seen. And I'm excited to join them. And uh, we also, so at, at the launch of our token, ETF, dollar sign ETF on Solano, Elmer T. Fudd. It's got a little picture of Elmer. You can't miss him. Um, when we launched it, one of the big concerns is how you deal with the sniper bots, like these bots that buy up your supply the instant you launch a liquidity pool. And we did some experimenting with that. And I think the supplies in the hands 
of the right people like you, Mr. Joseph Arthur, and Adam Ruckus Clark, if he'll send me his Solana wallet. I got some tokens for him. Let's go. Damn, getting free Solana tokens. Look at that, Ruckus. See, I knew you'd pay I mean, Hey, it's on my list this weekend to dust off all those wallets because of what has been happening. I mean, this is no joke. I mean, I, maybe many of the listeners and viewers might know a little bit about crypto, may know nothing. Uh, but it is actually a, a pretty significant historical deal here that the SEC did finally approve a spot. And that's more important, too, in my eyes, the fact that it's actually a spot ETF. So this is this is actually literally very good news for people who invest in this stuff, play around with this stuff and, you know, say what you will about it. Um, it does offer a lot of opportunities and freedoms. Um, and I'm pretty sure everyone can get behind that. Right. And I, and I love how you all your digital projects that you mess around with, Dustin, are all like a subtle troll move, like you did the, the CBDC thing. Right. And then now the ETF, I absolutely love that. Uh, you're brilliant. And then this crazy, this used car, this is nuts. I'm like, when, <laughs> but, when well, Lambo, that, that was... not this guy, he's like 2001 Honda Civic, baby. <laughs> like, uh, it, um, and then if you want to, if you want to explain to the, the listener viewer, if they're not aware of what the, the Bitcoin having is, and that's coming soon, I believe in April. Yeah. So um, to, to, first, I'm not the founder of the used car. I just added to their team today. But if you haven't seen these guys, they, they've got uh, they rent that literally the secondary market, like the real life market for 2001 used song Honda Civics since they launched this thing two weeks ago is like drying up all over the world. Like people are out buying them. They're wrecking them. They're lighting them on fire. Someone's taken one of them to West Coast Customs and exhibit is like decking it out. Like the the the, the A is just so much fun, right? And wow. I, I like projects that are fun. Um, but I and Ruckus, I hear it in your voice. I know you're suspicious about all these digital currencies and stuff, right? But this is the battlefield, right? Which is yeah. in what we call cryptocurrency, there are two different worlds, right? You have the freedom empowering, decentralized, censorship resistant, peer-to-peer -peer systems. And then you have the central bank digital currency, social credit score, and digital ID systems. And we're going to get pushed into one of those options. And they're desperately trying to make sure that they can track, monitor, and tax every transfer of value that happens between any entities anywhere. And mm. we've got to fight back against it. We can't, we can't allow that to be what comes out. So... Uh, the ETF token is our first test run. So with CBDC, uh, really proud of it. That's not going anywhere. But during the speaker vote, I was giving away um, trillions of CBDC tokens to people for calling their senators, calling their members of Congress, writing letters. I, I have partnerships lined up with some of the largest political organizations in the country um, to provide like an incentive for people to make phone calls, volunteer for campaigns, knock on doors. But when I went and added up how much it cost me on the Ethereum chain to send it all out, it was worth, but I paid more in gas fees than the value of the tokens I was sending to people. And so that's why we started to experiment with Solana because that's cheap. you can trade this stuff cheap. Dude, I already had used car in my wallet, and yesterday Miro was going through the roof, and I swapped it all out for Miro because I like think Miro is going to be the next bonk, and we're probably speaking in Latin for most people. But these are all just coins on Solano. I need to get I, back. I know the Miro guys. Car. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the Miro guys I, I are mean, friends of mine. 
Um, but after the break, I want to talk about another subject that's cryptocurrency related. It's a huge deal because uh, our, our friends Polly uh, uh, and Ryder Rips, who got sued by the Board Apes Yacht Club for um, you know making an NFT where they put actually just the exact same jpeg and attached it to what an nft is is a non-fungible token means that it's unique right you can't you can't copy it that's what non-fungible means and so the concept that they did was recreating board ape yacht clubs using those jpegs and then making their own nfts saying this is not stolen property because obviously they're NFTs, so they're non-fungible tokens. Anyway, the the decision by the courts came in um, last night, and it was uh, Polly. I think owes like nine million dollars for doing that. So that was a big deal, and I want to get Dustin's take on that right after these words on TNT. You should hear what Charlie Robinson is talking about. I think once we saw the supply chain issues uh, that happened during the COVID debacle, you go, well, that seems bad for the, you know, when you're fighting somebody for toilet paper, but it could be worse, right? It could be the last can of food. So people are starting to reevaluate and reassess their situations and their relationship with supply chains and the like. And I think what that does is it leads you to a place of saying, how can I make myself less dependent on the system? It's kind of hard to know where to start, right? Where would you suggest we even begin with this process? Yeah, it's funny you said that because someone said to me recently and it made me laugh that this is going to be the kind of collapse where the Burger King's still open. And I think that's what's probably lulling people into a false sense of security in that everything when we go to the city kind of appears normal unless you're in one of those really crazy drug adult cities. But for most people, I would say, Charlie, it feels normal, but it ain't normal. <laughs> the world yeah. is not normal. It's completely gone off kilter. Sure. Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home. That's 40 California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a $1,000 a day fine. Government that stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. When I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence. The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2%. You know, 99.8% survival, rather than the three or 4% mortality that the, the people are saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been, not only do you obey government, but you honor government. Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church. The hypocrisy of letting people riot it helped us all understand one thing. This is not what they say it is. By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here. I was arrested and driven to a maximum security prison. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches. My daddy. <laughs> when the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. We needed to make a biblical statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. LA County threatened 
Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest. We were going to be sued. They wanted Grace Church shut down. We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom. As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt, snitches get rewards. Its totalitarian control has to increase. And you have to have a mask on. And as they shut down any attacks against them, this is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Can freedom be found on something called the blockchain? I know it drives a lot of people, you know, to cryptocurrency, the idea of financial freedom. The upside sometimes seems to be enormous if you get into meme coins, for instance. And so, you know, people are always looking for financial freedom. But then you got this thing called the blockchain and you got the central bank digital currency coming in to implement its weird digital control over the soul of humanity. So which is it? Is it a place for freedom or is it a place that's going to imprison us all? Ruckus, let's go to you first. What do you think? Okay, well, despite the scary name, blockchain by definition is a digitally distributed, decentralized public ledger that exists across a network. So you need a bunch of different nodes and people's participation, not one centralized governing authority to have this thing exist, which is very different than the way our money works, because there's just like one small group of people or person, probably singular, in control of all that. Um, and they want to offer a digital version of what we already got going on with our already busted and broken fiat-based system of money uh, with the CBDC, the Central Digital Bank, I'm uh, sorry, C, C, CBD, Central Bank Central Digital Bank Currency. Digital Currency, right, yeah. So it's in the name. What's in the name? Central. So um, there's this idea of people like, you know, they, they want to make you scared of like, oh, Bitcoin, what is it? We don't even know. It doesn't exist. And, you know, neither does your money, technically. Um, so all things that have value have value because a society places the value in it. So again, here herein lies the freedom that's baked into the concept of using a distributed, you know, digitally decentralized thing is that, you know, not one person theoretically on paper can control it. Of course, you're going to have, you know, people, you know, messing around and you know, we have whales in this space. Those are people who own like a ridiculous large amount of one particular cryptocurrency just so they can sway the markets. But, you know, that's they don't own it. They don't control it. It's not going to make it stop or start. They're just kind of like making it move a little bit here and there, but it's nothing like what the banks can do, who can with the swipe of a button just turn you off, make it so you cannot access your money through these CBDCs. But even worse than that, unfortunately, this technology that they're going to pirate and hijack, they're going to steal this from all the people who built these things, these these technologies that are baked into these cryptocurrencies. They're going to take that away and use the, the, the wonderful powers that are built within these things because they can do more than just be money. They can create these things called smart contracts. In particular, you heard us talking about things like Solana and ETH. 
that's how that they're able to create these NFTs is using the, the, the power of the technology, the computer power of these cryptocurrencies. It gets confusing, I know, but that's really what's happening behind the scenes. But what the bad guys want to do with their CBDC, they want to be able to literally teach the money, pre-program the money to do certain things. Like your money can only be used to buy X, Y, and Z. You can only Bill spend X amount. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> yeah, if you don't spend it in enough time, poof, it just might disappear. That's what they want to do. Uh, and, you know, we need to fight against that. Dustin, well, so what do you think? I know you're a crypto junkie, my friend. I know you're way knee deep into it. But do you have uh, misgivings about it, being that it's called the blockchain, being that the government seems to uh, have uh, designs about utilizing it to control the soul of man? Well, listen, there's a there is always a duality to technology where it could be used for great good and empowerment and great evil, right? And we see the same thing in AI. There's in cryptocurrency, every like if if you're not really deep into it, right? You put uh, things that are completely different from each other together as quote unquote cryptocurrency, right? And what Ruckus is talking about is the nightmare of central bank digital currencies where they can program who, what, when, where, and why you spend your money. You know how they're going to keep you in your 15 minute city? You go five miles outside your 15 minutes. Oh, you pay an extra 2%. You go 10 yeah. miles, it's 5%. You go 100 miles, you got paid double, like Gnarly. right there, programmed right into the currency. So, yes, it's problematic. But so I was talking to the guys who are organizing the big uh, border rallies coming up. I don't know if you guys mm -hmm. have seen that, but there's uh, massive rallies being planned in three different spots on the border. And some of the organizers reached out to me and uh, they were specifically concerned about being debanked because I, I was debanked two months before the 2020 election, right? And I wasn't able to have a bank account, a credit card, a debit card, PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, none of them. None of them would, none of them would take my money or do any business with me. And they were asking if they should be concerned, like the Canadian trucker convoy, uh, whether or not they could have their bank accounts. I said, absolutely. It is absolutely a possibility, a risk that you have to consider. And what I recommended that they do is get some Bitcoin in a wallet that they control, right? Not on an exchange, uh, not all their money, but just enough so that if their bank accounts are taken away suddenly and frozen, that they have a way to continue to survive. And I, I think that that mentality is a different system, which is right uh, anything that's actually decentralized and censorship resistant and peer to peer, which is the, the Bitcoin network is so brilliantly designed with so many different nodes and the way they interact that you can't take the network. Well, it's not completely infallible, right? The, the 51 percent <laughs> is definitely right. I, I, I'm not Bitcoin max. I'm not going to overstate the durability, but it has shown to be incredibly durable over the years yeah. and, and, and incredibly resistant to attacks. And for me, when they debanked me, I would not have been able to uh, provide for my kids. I would not been able to survive or go get groceries or pay my rent or any of that if it wasn't for cryptocurrency. And so, right, I, I think wow. for us, the really important thing is we have to maintain our own systems. And I think Ruckus would agree. Like, I think we're on the same page, which is um, if they're able to start turning your money off 
because they don't like your politics or who you're standing up against. Um, you better have an alternative to be able to survive in this world. And I've lived it personally. So it's a it's a deeply personal issue to me, protecting these, these alternative systems. Yeah, I can imagine. And well, what Bitcoin is the, a... It's, real quick, oh, go ahead, Rookers. Look what they did to the truckers in Canada, too. So everyone knows that, that governments are they're not theorizing about doing this they have done this so it's a very real possibility sorry joseph well, oh, well you're no, good man to, to, to that point ruckus when gofundme took them down and give send go won't release their money and the banks would not uh release their money you know how those guys were able to take money and uh, pay for their lawyers and stuff crypto bitcoin yep. interesting it's the best store of value going. I mean, if you think about it, it's, you're able to move huge sums of money across the world in the blink of an eye for zero dollars. Imagine trying to give somebody five million dollars in gold. You would have to charter a private jet to do that or something. It, it's ridiculous. So uh, I think Bitcoin is inevitable, obviously, um, and the government knows this. They know cryptocurrency is here to stay. But, you know, I, I hinted at this other story before the break, which is compelling. And even for the people that aren't sort of um, knowledgeable about what NFTs are, those are those digital pictures, crypto punks being the most famous, um, and then Bored Ape Yacht Clubs and everybody knowing that they sold for, uh, you know, ridiculous amounts of money. And so you had conceptual artist Ryder Rips and his friend Polly, whose I think real name is Jeremy Callan, I believe. Um, these are huge figures on crypto Twitter. Um, Polly launching Pond now, which is a whole other exchange. But anyway, the uh, courts ruled against them in their uh, repurposing of Board Ape Yacht Club as a conceptual piece of NFT art, which to me is legitimate, but it is stealing the image and people utilize the images as status symbols. So it was sort of a thumb in the eye of that whole practice. And their take was Board Ape Yacht Clubs are racist to begin with. And so they sort of had this uh, moral imperative to uh, call them out on some of the Nazi propaganda hidden within. There's a documentary on YouTube and, and it's a huge rabbit hole, but anyway, uh, the courts decided that Ryder Rips and Polly owe Board Ape Yacht Club $9 million. And I wanted to get Dustin's take on that. That's going to set crypto Twitter ablaze, and it already has. Dustin, what did you think of that story and that judgment? So, first of all, if if you think a collection is racist and has Nazi symbol, like hidden Nazi symbolism throughout the whole thing, you copy it verbatim, including all of the parts that you are calling racist in your documentary, and then try to sell it for yourself. Like I, 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 that 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 part is a, and there are a bunch of holes in the documentary. I've watched it a couple times. Right, the the basically they're saying that 4chan culture is like Nazi culture, and really it's just troll culture. I love I love mm -hmm. my 4chan. Leave leave the anons alone. Gosh darn it. Um, but as far as the judgment goes, I've talked to some people who are close with the legal team at Yuga, and uh, Yuga plans to bring these lawsuits against Polly and Ryder in every single country that has uh, copyright laws. 
So right as soon as this one's done, they're planning to launch a similar suit in the UK and in Germany and the Netherlands. And they plan to keep Polly and Ryder tied up in legal nonsense for it. Like it, th this, this grudge, this is like a, a family blood feud, right? This, this, this is like a Shakespearean family blood feud between Ryder Rips and Yuga. I don't think we're anywhere close to done. But you got to hand it to Polly. Dude's probably the greatest marketer on Twitter. I, I mean that across like different Twitters, right? Not just crypto Twitter, but Twitter in general. And mm -hmm. the, the dude is an absolute just marketing beast. Um, he and is. what he's done with Pepe and Poncoin, uh, I think he's going to be okay. And I think that's part of what's driving uh, Yuga crazy is that uh, Polly has managed to take the attention that he's gotten largely by attacking Yuga and turn it into an entire ecosystem surrounding Pond Coin and Pepe and all of the stuff he's doing with spawning. It's brilliant. Like it, it really is next level. And I, 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 I think Paulie's going to crush it in the next couple of it, years. Yeah. It started with Funks. I mean, that's how I discovered him because there was crypto punks and then Funks were exactly a crypto punk flip facing the other way. Um, you know, and racist imagery or not aside, take that out of the equation of the board ape thing. The concept was educational and it is kind of ridiculous to say you've copied an NFT when in the very name NFT, it says it's not, you can't copy an NFT. So it is, it is funny. I mean, like that's an expensive joke to tell. It costs $9 million. And what you're telling me is they're going to relentlessly keep pursuing that. So I don't know, um, you know, where that goes. I mean, I don't know if it's worth the court fees that would cost, but who knows? I mean, that's, that's crazy. It's a, and well, well, okay. So let me ask you this, Dustin, about NFT culture, because, you know, the sort of rumor is NFTs are dead. They all went down. Everything has gone down in the bear market. Do you think NFTs have only just begun? Are we on the cusp of a new sort of surge of uh, people selling digital artwork? Fine digital glitch artwork, hand drawn <laughs> generated artwork with music, <laughs> with with music and, and amazing drawn by somebody who likes to open his show by singing songs about the guests that he has coming on in an amazing fashion. Now subterraneans, uh, no. So I think we're going to watch NFTs evolve. Do I think there'll ever be a board ape yacht club where you can mint for you know? 40 bucks and it's going to run to hundreds of thousands of dollars. I, I don't think that was ever realistic. Right. And, and, and so, uh, however, there is many, many use cases for NFTs, right? It's a great way to support artists, both drawn, digital glitch, hand-drawn generated collections like <laughs> subterranean uh, and music artists, right. And cartoonists, right. That you are going to continue to see nfts uh empower artists in a way that we haven't seen for a long time and i think that's healthy i think you'll see it be used for token gating and membership passes to all kinds of things i think that use case isn't going anywhere but the idea that you'll you, i i don't think we're going to see the kind of insane nft pump that we saw originally but i i still think you can find a lot of good projects get in early and do really well with them 
Interesting. Ruckus, do you have a take on the NFT train? I was always interested by what he was just alluding to there. there. There's a lot more involved with these NFTs, this community idea. They also do this with some coins, too, called community coins or projects, different blockchains and things. But the idea is that by by having some sort of self you know, contained community, like you all own a piece of the this thing, whatever this thing is in each different project. And some of them means um, I've heard instances, just going to throw out some examples. And this is only possible because of this technology. Nothing else in the world allows this to be done. But where you can you can own an individual tiny piece of an actual physical priceless piece of art and then when it's that piece of art, that painting goes for sale uh, for auction and it makes X millions of dollars, you all share a piece of the profit because you mm -hmm. collectively own that painting, even though you don't physically own it, which is weird to me. Also, this membership idea, like um, there was, uh, who is it? Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher, I think. I don't know if they still do this or not. I'm not promoting anything here. I just thought it was a fascinating idea. So you get the idea here. They created a their own animated uh, series. Like it's an adult cartoon from what I've seen of clips. It's very funny. But the only way to watch it, you can't watch it on YouTube or Netflix or Amazon. You got to go to their website and that way you access the ability to watch it is you have to own one of their NFTs. It's, I think it's called Stoner Cats. It just hit me. I was like, what was the mm. name of that thing? So you see what you can do by by like you know if you if you are the owner of this because each one of these tokens the nfts the non-fungible token each one is unique and cannot be copied so by you owning it it's kind of a proof now that's where i get a little concerned because i can already see how the the, the powers that be want to use that uh implement that into a form of a digital id because then it's only mm. you and nobody else they can prove it because it's on the blockchain etc but yeah again as dustin said you can use this technology for good or you can use it for bad so there's lots of it's like a million things you could do with this it's really neat and i've always been fascinated by that and i thought that when these groups like um, people buy them and just make a m bunch of money off of it and to them it's all about the cheddar, right? And I think they're ruining the concept of what what is possible with the NFT projects. I think there's so much more to it than just like investing in for money's sake. I think it's like it, there's a lot of neat things you could do with it. But And I don't know Absolutely. what you guys intend to do with your project, the Subterraneans. Uh, well, well, so b b before, we, before we run there, I just want to say, Right. Uh, they actually tokenized one of the greatest pieces of fine art ever, a gently used 2001 Honda Civic. Oh, so, so this guy's I, chilling I, nonstop I, over here, dude. I, I might, I might go buy one myself if you guys would like to own a piece of this, this fine, uh, the ultimate in reliability, a 2001 used Honda Civic. You let me know. <laughs> well, hey, so Ruckus, a good way to look at it, too, is, you know, non-fungible tokens are NFTs, right? So there's everyone is unique. You can't duplicate it. And Bitcoin and Ethereum and Solana and a gently used Honda Civic are all fund fungible tokens. The meaning they're endlessly duplicatable ones just like the other, just like the other. Anyway, let's take a quick break and we'll be Back to talk about almost anything else right after these words on TNT. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Well, we've got an interesting new study out. The real atmosphere does not follow the greenhouse gas effect hypothesis of the IPCC. Now, remember, what they're saying is a hypothesis. That means it is not proven. A theory, for instance, is something that is proven and you get to disprove it and then 
that causes a problem. It's no longer a theory. But a hypothesis is just an idea and needs constant testing. Well, CO2 increased from 310 parts per million to 385 parts per million during the 60 years from 1948 to 2008. Now, this is written by Kenneth Richard, so I want to give him credit because he put this out there probably takes guts to do that. But the observations indicate this led to a negative radiative imbalance, which means CO2 may be having a cooling effect opposite of what the IPCC has claimed is happening. Water vapor is the number one greenhouse gas. Water vapor has the correlation to temperature. If you increase water vapor, you will increase the temperature. You will increase it more where it's observed to increase more in the coldest, driest areas. That's the correlation. Where is the water vapor coming from? It would be coming from the oceans. So what do you think is heating the oceans? Now I have my hypothesis and a lot of people don't like it, but it certainly can't be CO2. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog Meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. We all know what it's like to feel alone. But it just takes one new connection. Wanna get out of here? To empower many. This is unbelievable. It doesn't take a superhero to bring forces together. We all have the power to reach out. Let's go! And help someone feel like they belong. Pretty cool, huh? We are stronger together. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT, with Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast. What do you meme? I didn't say, what do you mean? I said, what do you meme? How powerful is a meme? Dustin was talking about Polly over on crypto Twitter being a marketing genius, and I, I concur, he actually is. Um, and one thing he always champions is the power of memes. He talked about a major financial institution having a picture of Ben Franklin with the laser eyes that stand for Bitcoin. And uh, this is like a hundred year old financial institution. And it was Ben Franklin and crypto eyes. And what Polly's point was, was this is, uh, you know, the, you know, a classic financial institution, you know, stuffy with suits and all this basically utilizing memes. So one thing that's interesting to consider is the power of memes. We're talking about the NFT collection we're about to launch, and I've been making some uh, you know, bargain basement memes myself. I'm no genius at it, but Dustin, what do you think to the power of memes and what do memes offer to the world, the future of marketing? Uh, listen, as a veteran of the great meme war of 2016, where we legitimately memed the greatest internet troll of all time into the White House, make no mistake, uh, Donald Trump is president today because of the memes. And you don't have to take my word for it. The Democrats, after Hillary lost, were like, oh my God, how could this happen? So they started to like look into it. And what they came up with is the spread of information using visual graphics that depicted a message uh, was the defining characteristic of how we evaded all of the legacy media, right? And just cut right to the heart of it. Memes are the future, right? Who He who controls the memes controls the world. I believe that 100%, right? Because you're able to relay so much information by triggering something in people that make them laugh or warrant some other emotion, outrage, disgust, whatever it is. 
And so memes are memes are incredibly powerful going forward. And right, our government has a whole meme warfare division. Did you know that? Like the military, no. has, right? You 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 can that you can read several military papers on memetic warfare and how they've used memes in order to destabilize governments all over the world. Wow. It is that powerful? It memes have toppled governments. They've installed people as leaders of countries, and they have sent cryptocurrencies to the moon, baby. It's pretty amazing. Definitely. Ruckus, are memes high art? What do you make of this meme world we're living in? Is it a mean world or a meme world? The puns well, sometimes just keep writing themselves, dude, on this. Yeah, one. I know, right? We really meme it, folks. Oh, sorry. Uh, we're we're not mean guys. We're meme guys. Um, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's fun, isn't it? Yeah, memes are always interesting to me, but memes can be dangerous. Memes can be a crime, don't you know? We all. We all know the fate of one Douglas Mackey. That was his name, right, Dustin? Yeah, Douglas Mackey, who did the, he created the meme. You might remember him, uh, where they told people to go vote for Hillary by texting a number, some phony, baloney, obvious, fake thing. And yeah, they sent that dude to prison. So yeah, you got to be careful with your memes. And, you know, I, I bring that up because, like, if memes were nothing, they wouldn't be throwing people in prison over them, right? So clearly that's that's proof enough for me that they, they actually do make a difference. I mean, and, and as Dustin pointed out, they did literally come out and say, yeah, if it wasn't for those, we would have got, we, we tried to steal the election and we would have gotten away for it too if it hadn't have been for those meddling kids and their memes, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that's the world we live in. It's pretty wild, but yeah, we need to up up the meme game and game in 2024 so we can survive uh impending world war three do you think memes will stop world war three what well so. they think so right i don't know if you saw this ruckus but to your point ireland uh, passed a law recently that they can look on your phone and arrest you for offensive visual content that you have stored on your phone they literally mm. passed a law to put you in jail for memes that you didn't even share just for possessing these dangerous dangerous frog pictures with breaking down breaking down what a meme is though is kind of interesting right because it's just an image and uh and then some words that usually make you laugh or like press a point forward i mean you you can get those meme makers on app stores and stuff but you don't really need that you just need an idea and a picture and a phrase to really marry it right it's just a meme essentially is just a picture and then some words, or can it just be a picture? What what connotates a meme, or what what defines a meme? Is there does anybody pinpointed this yet, Dustin? What well, this is us being funny a little bit. I, I always kind of get a laugh out of this because we act like we've invented something totally new. Uh, right. Political cartoons have been a lot around right. for as long as our country has. What's a political cartoon? Oh, it's a it's a hand drawn characterization of like politicians or things that are happening in the world with social commentary attached in a way that is short and digestible or a meme, a meme. Yeah, (laughs) right. Like we, we, we act like, oh, my God, we've come up with this new fangled technology. It's I've got the best idea ever. We should hire people to go keep people safe in their neighborhoods. Oh, you mean like police? Like <laughs> we haven't we haven't actually invented anything now. Like it, it's it, it's just a way 
to get information across quickly. A picture is worth a thousand words. Sometimes it's worth even more. And it's just the best way to probably market something, you know, if, if you're not utilizing that and you're trying to sell something, I mean, you know, we talked about launching the subterraneans and I instantly had the, uh, sort of light bulb moment of, I need to start creating some memes around it, partially influenced by Polly actually, because he utilizes this stuff so much and so well. And, you know, now what about with AI and things like Mid Journey, Dustin, I know you're. I know you created your Elmer Fudd character using Mid Journey and AI. Is AI going to be the ultimate meme machine? Oh, dude, uh, Mid Journey is next level, and your boy Dustin is a prompt master. Like I, I I've done whole collections uh, using Mid Journey, um, but think about it, right? In this day and age, where people's attention span is seconds long. Like think, think about how fast when you're scrolling, you're taking in. I don't know why I can't get that to stop. I'm sorry, guys. Um, but we think don't about hear it, by the way. It bugs you, oh. but it doesn't register. Oh, well, that's good news. Um, anyway, when you're diving through, right, and you're scrolling, think about how much information you're processing, how quickly, right? Like just how many different words and pictures you're just do, 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 do. So think about how long you have to grab somebody's attention and drive them to something that you want to get them to do, right? You have to, it, you're going to have to up your imagery game, right? Images tell the story and people will not too long. Did it read dude? It's two sentences. Like, come on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My favorite response is, I'm sorry that like to a long post is I'm sorry that happened to you or I'm really happy for you or whatever <laughs> it is. Like. Congratulations or I'm really sorry that happened to you. I'm not sure. <laughs> what do you think, Ruckus? Are we uh, on the cusp of a meme revolution if people start incorporating AI? Because the imagery can get real fancy. I mean. Part of the appeal of memes, though, is that it's cheap and looks like it's sort of cut out or like, uh, you know, I, I, I hesitate to use a word that starts with G and ends with O, uh, you know, homemade, let's say, homespun. But with AI, uh, things can get a whole lot fancier. Well, yeah, but as long as it's not the AI itself trying to uh, get in on the humor action, because from what I can tell, AI has no sense of humor um not the way a human does uh but maybe it will improve but the artwork yes the art with some of these programs is just absolutely fascinating i finally uh got my my feet wet a little bit with ai because i was hesitant for a very long time so i've experimented two things uh one i've had it assist me with figuring out who some people are because i couldn't find enough information about them by doing my own search ah. so i asked the ai basically to scour various places and put together something for me so I could, I'll, oh, okay, there's a starting point. Now I know a little bit something about this person to go with now, okay? Now the other thing that I messed around with was the art because I, I'm, I like art and I used to love making graphics and things like that and it's fun. Big, long process, of course, but the AI can be like a nice shortcut. You know, it can give you an inspiration at least. You can see what the computer has to offer and then it might inspire you to create your own thing based off of that. So I'm kind of down with the AI as an assistance tool uh, now, but 
I'm not going to lie. I'm scared to use it. I'm like, am dude, I playing with the devil? Unbelievable. You a, said you would Ouija, never. Ouija board? I know. Dude, you know. said you would never in a million years traverse <laughs> that Rubicon. I don't think I said never in a million years, bro. Come on. Promoting the use of it. I mean, it's a slippery I, I can see slope. It right space. Guilty as charged. Guilty, Guilty as, as charged. charged, man. Guilty as charged. Oh, that's a trip, man. Yeah. Well, I don't know. So, you know, one thing, one question I want to ask before the show wraps up, um, and it, it goes in line with this because where the meme playground chiefly really is, I guess it's on Instagram, but mainly on Twitter because supposedly we have free speech, but Dustin was just trying to look me up and apparently I'm shadow banned or search banned or whatever it is. Dustin, do you think Elon Musk is the true uh, free speech champion that he is purported to be, or is that all hype? Is X really a free speech platform, or or what's going on there? I've, I've had my suspicions from day one. Listen, I, I, I probably was as paranoid, or maybe even more paranoid than our friend Ruckus over there. How, however, I believe we've watched Elon become more and more red-pilled in real time. I've I've watched him take moves to make it not perfect, right? Far from perfect, but it is also by far the best large platform that we have available for speech. And so I'm cautiously optimistic that Elon is moving in the right direction. Although I, I also am deeply worried that he's putting together what I call the unholy trinity of tyranny which is a digital ID, a social credit score, and a central bank digital currency, that everything app that he's talking about building is the incorporation of those three really dangerous things. So makes me concerned. Well, you know, why is my account search banned then? I mean, you, I hear stories. I mean, I see, I, I'm on Twitter all the time, X, and I see people saying, hey, I think I'm shadow banned. My, you know, my, my uh, whatever, traffic is a lot lower lately. Is, is anybody seeing this? What's giving with that then? Well, so a lot of times that's um, engagement farming. Engagement, oh, yeah. Right. You, you know what post does the best? I think I'm shadow banned. Can anybody see this? Guess what? Everybody freaking responds. Right. Ah. So like uh, so that there and a lot of times you're not being shadow banned. You're just not that interesting. I hate to. Break but you it just to you. said I was search banned. You just said it you, yourself. I didn't say I, it. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. No, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It happens to me all because <laughs> everything I say is brilliant and everybody knows it. So. <laughs> Uh, but but there is some leftover code in the algorithms that when you get reported, right? The, the the problem is censorship is a tricky issue when you have a large platform. No one wants pedophiles, right? No one wants child porn, right? No one wants gratuitous violence and a bunch of other stuff. So everybody kind of agrees the line has to be drawn somewhere. But somewhere, yeah. But what, where that somewhere is, is always going to have trouble. Gotta wrap it up, guys. Dustin Stockton, thank you so much for coming on. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Adam Ruckus Clark, take us out with something inspiring, enlightening, and fulfilling, and full of love and grace as only you can do. The great Mel Brooks once said, humor is just another defense against the universe. Thanks for having me, Joseph. God bless. Be well defended, everybody, and laugh a lot, because you know what? Why not? Life is funny. It's a lot of things, but it's also 
deeply, deeply funny. Have an incredible weekend and keep your ears right here on TNT. We'll see you real soon. Thank you.